Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Anthony Canton III. We're continuing our series of reviewing our tournament. Uh, we're down to eight. We're down to eight, believe it or not. Pretty crazy. Um, we'll also get into some news shortly, but first let's introduce uh, who we have on the panel today. Our producer and uh, co-patriot of this podcast, Jake Christie. Jake, how you doing, sir? You know, I'm doing well. I'm really excited to see how the tournament's going down to the Elite Eight. I think I can say, even though the NCAA probably has that. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. This tournament's been pretty cool. Looking forward to talking about that. Uh, Jerome Cheng, unfortunately, could not make it, um, just like I could not make it last week. So basically, we're subbing, we're, we're subbing in uh, me for him this week. And on top of that, we do have somebody along with us, one friend of the show. Uh, if you remember him, if you have been listening to this podcast, do you remember him from Iron Man 3, the Iron Man 3 review? Uh, one of the most famous podcasts in the history of this podcast, one Malik Marshall. Malik, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. You know, I got to say, Jake Jake said, uh, he said a lot about a lot of the people in the bracket, the people that weren't going to win. You know, they're just happy to be there. And that's me right now. I'm just happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me back on, guys. It is an honor. Y'all do great work here, and I really appreciate it. Also, I'll say my my views mm-hmm. on Iron Man 3 have changed a little bit, but I still oh. think the Mandarin. I still like the Mandarin. So. Good to know. Mm. <laughs> um, always always yeah. good to know. So, uh, so yeah, but Malik, we're having you on mostly because uh, we've, we've really enjoyed your voicemails. And so it's like, why bother cutting down a six-minute voicemail? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we can just uh, have you on, especially because it's not like anyone's doing anything, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I, You know, I'll take it. It sounds like you really just didn't want to do the editing, but I'm cool with that. No, <laughs> no whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not the one who normally does the editing, so that's right. not it at all. Also, you, are, you listened to last week's pod. Jerome clearly enjoys doing the editing he does anyway he does he definitely does with the music it, it was fantastic anyway yeah so so one of the things that that i think is important to get into right off the bat is that obviously with covid19 having such an impact everywhere and not only entertainment but in just obviously life in general uh marvel slash disney announced their slate of of mcu films that are coming for phase four uh they had original dates and obviously those changed uh, black widow was supposed to come out may 1st now that's coming out november 6th of this year now i preface I that by saying, well i mean it's it, it's it, it's an interesting conversation because i think this is generally as optimistic as probably any entertainment company or mm-hmm. movie vehicle company could be at this point with the yeah. next couple of months in the foreseeable future not being so mm-hmm. unknown so yeah. so i think a lot of things are going to change um i'll run through the movies first and then i just kind of want to quickly get to some some of the stuff with the disney plus stuff so obviously black widow november 6 2020 eternals will be taking shang chi's spot uh, february 12 2021 Shang-Chi will be taking Doctor Strange's spot May 7th, 2021. And uh, Doctor Strange will be taking Thor's spot uh, November 5th, 2021. Thor will be taking Black Panther 2 spot. Um, in 2022, February 18th, Black Panther will now be in May of 2022. And Captain Marvel 2 finally has a date. 
July 8th, 2022. So it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of navigate these things, because I still think a lot of these things are very much in the air because there, yeah. there could be so many changes that could happen uh, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, as far as the Disney Plus shows, one thing I can say for sure by just by scouring the web and, and reading people who seem to have a good idea of this stuff that's happening. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they still have a couple of episodes that they still have to shoot. So my guess is that Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to be delayed. Let's say everything works out perfectly in terms of COVID and things get back to normal so they can go back to these dates. Uh, My guess is you'll see uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier um, maybe a month after Black Widow comes out. Um, The thing is, it's a lot easier. The the thing that the big variable, if you don't mind me interrupting, just because I think the big variable is that although obviously people need to self-quarantine when it comes to like going to work and stuff like that. I think that the, I think that the sets will get back to working much quicker than theaters will open again. Cause with the sets, you just need to worry that your people are safe. Whereas with the theaters, you have to be like, okay, our area is mostly safe. It, but is, you know, uh, Boise, Idaho, you know? So I think that like, obviously it's going to take forever and it's not like they can just keep those crews in a bubble. But I imagine that, you'll hear that they're back to filming Falcon and the Winter Soldier long before you hear that, like, well, not long before, but at least before any movies actually end up coming out. Just because I think that there's so much money on the line that they're going to try to do whatever they can to get people quarantined and uh, up to filming again. Yeah, and yeah, and I think because of uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier's connection to Black Widow, mainly because of General Ross, Ross's character and what, he's, what his uh, arc is about to, uh, to embark on, um, that's why I think more than anything else, we'll see that after Black Widow. Yeah, um, I, I, I think there's I a, yeah, go ahead, go on. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely agree. I was, I was actually just going to say, um, it seemed, I'm, well, at least I'm hoping that Falcon and the Winter Soldier will be building off Black Widow. I'm even kind of hoping for a Taskmaster cameo. So yeah, I, I was surprised at first when I just, when I just saw that, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier hadn't been delayed yet, but yeah, I, I, I can assume it definitely will probably be as well. Hopefully there will be. And am I wrong in saying I thought that WandaVision isn't WandaVision further along in filming than Falcon and the Soldier? Actually, I believe that's true. Actually, there's a a good chance that the only thing that needs to be done with uh, WandaVision is reshoots. Um, I think. So I think think they they should just put WandaVision. That may be um, towards the end of the summer. They may just swap out because I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier was originally going to come out in August. You may see WandaVision earlier. Um, that yeah. could be the first thing that we see um, from from Disney Plus slash uh, MCU um, in this uh, in this process. I have one thing I failed to mention because it's a Sony movie. Uh, Spider Man at this moment is still slated for July of next year, but I would think that's probably going to change. Um, they haven't made an official announcement yet. I know they moved uh, Morbius for anybody who cares about that. Uh, to March of 2021. So that I mean, you know, I think that that actually has that more to do with. Uh, I I actually don't even know what movies we'd have to pay attention to because it's the Sony movies. Because like, if Spider-Man gets moved, it's going to be because I'm trying to think what big Sony movies are coming out later this year. Um, but that's really Venom, what. Uh, and I know Venom for. was allegedly supposed to be a thing. Um, for either at the end of this year or the beginning part of next year. So that's another thing that might. 
be affected in some way. And also they have this un- uh, movie, which is allegedly the Spider-Woman thing. Um, that's all of these things are supposed to be just connected to the Spider-Man franchise in general as they continue Sony continues to build their own world um, around By the way, Venom 2 uh, Venom 2 is supposed to come out on October 2nd uh, so that obviously yeah, that's gonna... if, if it can't come out October 2nd it's coming out in next July I was what I would guess yeah, yeah that probably that probably makes sense. So we'll continue to keep an eye on those dates, and obviously it kind of changes the way that uh, we do content around here um, for for at least the time. So we'll be figuring out some interesting things to do in the meantime. So uh, without further ado, I throw it to Jake Christie as we will review the Sweet 16 of the Marvel Cinematic University Tournament. All right. Hello, 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 hello. It's very exciting to say that we had a great outing, a great showing from the voters in the Sweet 16. Um, we had eight matches, which, uh, you know, if you don't know a lot about brackets, you would think that we would have 16, but just eight. Uh, so just to go through them. And um, unfortunately, we only got one voicemail this week. So I, uh, it's from a good friend, Michael Springthorpe. So I'm going to be intercutting it with our thoughts after we're done because he, as he's wanted to do, commented on everything. So uh, one and I, I cut out. I didn't keep some of them because some of the stuff he has nothing interesting to say. But anyway, Tony uh, Stark versus Star Lord. Uh, how do we feel? Uh, I mean, Go I ahead, think this is kind of, I mean, it's pretty obvious on this one, right? Mm-hmm. Star, uh, yeah, Star Lord lasted as long as one would would think in in this tournament. Uh, Tony Stark was always destined to go to the finals in his um, bracket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. all right. I'm gonna play. Uh, I I, I, uh, I know that a okay. lot of people like uh, have a lot of hate for Star Lord because of the whole Thanos, you know, you know, the moment with Thanos. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I, I I I do hear that, but I also think that it's important to note that earlier in the same movie, he makes the choice that most heroes don't make in that choice. Although another one in the same movie did, but you know, you kind of don't expect in the superhero movie for the for the guy's girlfriend to be like, kill me. And for him mm-hmm. to be like, oh yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. And then he actually does, I mean, he does it like, you know, and that's kind of not something you mm-hmm. usually see in a superhero movie. And I think that requ- that's like, you know, that was a really heartbreaking scene. I think he acted the heck out of it. And, you know, I think that that kind of gives him some karma back for how bad that was. Right. Yeah, I agree. That's and fair. I never really, I've always kind of thought it was annoying for people to blame him for the whole Thanos thing. Just because it's like, I guess, I mean, obviously, yes, as a character, he screwed it up. But from a storytelling perspective, like, do you not like movies? Like, that's what happens in movies. <laughs> People react to stuff. And, like, I don't know. Like, anyone who's watching that didn't, like, I, that was so obvious that, that was going to happen. The moment he asked, where's Gamora? I'm like, oh, he's going to fuck this up because he's mad. Like, I just, mm-hmm. like, yes, I mean, it does, makes him a worse, that makes him a worse character in the context of the universe. But if anything, that makes him a more interesting character because, of course, like, that's, you know, that's why we, that's why we watch these movies. Because they're not, mm-hmm. you know, robots who just care about you know, saving as many people as possible, yada, yada, yada. It's um, an underrated also, I, scene, that's for sure. Yeah, Yeah. also, mm-hmm. I, I don't think he deserves as much hate for it because, you know, from a storytelling perspective, it seems though as though Doctor Strange sort of factors that in. He could have not allowed that to happen. Yes. He could have saw that, and he sort of didn't. So, I mean, presumably, that's part of the one scenario, and it's, you know, it was all part of the plan. It anyway. is the one. 
<laughs> I'm, I was holding up my finger like Doctor Strange. You can't see me, but um, anyway, I'm going to play uh, Springthorpe's response. This one is short and sweet, but I liked how concise it was. So, What's up, MC University? This is Springthorpe once again coming at you live with the homosexual perspective. Long-time listener, second-time caller. All right, let's go through. Tony Stark versus Star-Lord. Thank God the evil has finally been defeated. So I, he thinks he's evil. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I just thought that uh, I I, it was mostly it was also funny. hard for me to cut around the homosexual perspective bit. I wanted to keep that in there, but I really couldn't. It was hard to edit it out without including the Tony Stark bit. So I'm like, hey, you know, whatever. But uh, so that <laughs> one, I think that was pretty easy. Um, the next one was uh, Doctor Strange versus Nick Fury. I was slightly surprised by how big of a blowout it was. I don't know about you guys. Um. No, not necessarily. I, I, I've kind of always felt that um, Doctor Strange has gotten a lot of mileage from his uh, Infinity War performance, and I think people have gravitated more to the character because of how the strength the character has shown in terms of the diversity of his powers and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm not surprised that he won uh, handily. And Fury had a good run, man. He had a good run. I think that second round win against uh, the Scarlet Witch was uh, was a really great victory. Yeah. And uh, he should be I proud think of he was, himself. He had an inflated in seed. He had an inflated seed by this guy. It's like when Duke has a mediocre season, but they give him a second seed anyway, and Lehigh comes in and blows the doors off him. Anyway, That's a Malik. great comp. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I I'm actually surprised he won by so little. To be honest, I had the opposite perspective. Wow. I thought the Doctor Strange would beat Nick Fury by a lot more. Hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I th- I think I don't know. I think we love Nick Fury, but I guess i didn't see him as having that big of a fan base i mean i mean that's fair just because also i mean he's great and i love his character and he's in all the movies and it's awesome but he doesn't like have that many showings he's not in the movies for that long and he doesn't Mm -hmm. he doesn't Mm -hmm. i mean you know he's kind of been sort of the same for a while i don't know and i i guess i have this uh, this idea that dr strange is like really really loved um that's because he's my favorite probably but uh yeah i was surprised at how little he won by characters growing on me a lot that's for sure mm, geez bless me geez i uh i i swear to god i pressed the mute button and i sneezed and uh, nothing happened anyway uh so the next match is between uh captain america and killmonger um you know this one wasn't as contentious as i thought it would be i thought that there'd be a big uh, you know, a big divide among two Americas about it. But I think that yeah. uh, people don't, some people don't hate Captain America as much as I thought they did. And I think that the love for Killmonger has slowly waned since Black Panther first came out. Yeah, I think people got to put in a perspective that it was just one performance and Cap is Cap at the end of the day. Um, Cap, I think, has had the best trilogy in the MCU, um, bar none. Uh, I think the character has gotten more has gotten more interesting as as the movies have gone along and um and and he got he got a nice happy ending which i think people Mm -hmm. liked for the most part and uh yeah killmonger killmonger had one uh very very solid good performance but just one performance yeah Mm -hmm. yeah definitely i i also think killmonger is a little bit overrated this isn't really i guess doesn't really speak to why the votes went the way they did but i think I don't know. I think he was a great villain, but I think he was really only that great of a villain in the end when, you know, the, the quote about, you know, going in 
you know, falling into the ocean or however it goes. Um, but I don't feel like that really represented. I think that that, that was a m- super interesting sort of like critique of, you know, power and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But I don't feel, feel that as being his whole character. And I think that a lot of people sort of yeah. took that one line and that sort of his ending and mm-hmm. his, his death scene is amazing. And I think that scene is beautiful and it, you know, it makes me, well, it doesn't really make me cry, but it, it, it does bring me yeah. a lot of emotions, but I don't, that's not really the Killmonger we know for most of the movie. Most of the time he's kind no. of just like a terrible guy, um, yeah. but I do yeah. think he's a great villain, but yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, this is about what I expected. Yeah. I think the big thing, the mistake people make when they talk about Killmonger is that I think that he's, I think people mistake what he's saying as if that's exactly what his motivations are and what he means as a character, which of course no one in actual real life means everything they say. Like Killmonger is much more motivated by wanting to avenge his father than anything he's saying about colonialism and all that stuff. Not that he doesn't believe that, but like he's the, the reason he's interesting is because his father was betrayed by his brother who was a king of this country you know what i mean and so i think mm-hmm. that a lot of people glommed onto the stuff that's not as emotionally resident and is more like yo dude you ever think about how you know that part and uh that's why i think the end part is actually poignant because that feels both like politically and emotionally true whereas the other stuff feels like he's kind of using politics as a way to justify him getting revenge against his family you know what i mean i Definitely. completely agree completely agree with you on that front i think another thing that i just want to say about this is I think, uh, to Malik's point, yeah, the overrated part comes from, um, at least in my view, is the idea that uh, T'Challa's viewpoints changed from the beginning of the movie towards the end, mainly because of not not Killmonger's character necessarily, but of just the stuff that happened to him. And I think that's mm-hmm. something that you definitely look at as as why, oh, wow, Killmonger forced the hero to kind of changes viewpoints on certain things that he yeah. had a different outlook on prior to but it's not necessarily because of um how we saw killmonger on the screen it was more so um of what t'chaka did as opposed to killmonger's uh, issues mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. no i i i, I definitely that's a really good point i think that i but i but i would push back that it is sort of because of killmonger himself that t'challa changes his views or at least in part um and yeah, i think I it's think i think it's and... because of killmonger's existence and not what he says like the fact Fair that enough. killmonger yeah, had definitely. to grow up poor i think is much more of a catalyst mm-hmm. than killmonger saying he wants to you know arm the peoples of the world and all that i don't think that actually is what moves t'challa yeah i mean but, yeah, yeah no, listen definitely. listen to t'challa in the, in the ancestral plane when he's talking to t'chaka and yelling at him i mean that's just kind of tells you exactly what the the issue is when he keeps saying you left him behind um, yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, oh, a yeah, that's pretty poignant in itself. Yeah, and and also I'll I'll say about this, uh, I I have gone said before many times that I think this movie could have been a lot more interesting if it really sort of instead of making Killmonger like you know a straight up bad guy like actually well n- maybe he still could have been a bad guy but actually in the movie like taking more time to explore the sort of Martin versus Malcolm. Like in in a genuine way, sort of like exploring both sides of those. Uh, but I did have a conversation with Jake Christie about it before, and uh, he kind of swayed me that maybe that wouldn't have ended up as good as as good of a movie because you have to if you like if you want to like Black Panther, you have to root for Black Panther. And I think that it's very difficult to root for Black Panther if you know the critique of the kingdom is sort of way more in your face. 
throughout the whole thing. And, you know, I, I do think they could have done it in a more interesting way, but I do see that, uh, that, that kind of, I mean, cause if Killmonger is not just a jerk, then he's just kind of right. And then what do you, who do you, you know, you can't root for the hero in that movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the main reason the main yeah. reason Jake's actually right about that is <laughs> is because that movie, the reason why it's really good, and we've talked about this before, is that the character the other characters are allowed to shine. So I think if you don't have that and Killmonger is more of like a force, maybe you don't get the Shuri performance, maybe you don't get the Okoye performance. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. two those two in particular are really strong characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the thing is I think sorry, that sorry, what oh sorry, go. No, 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 you uh, what I was going to say is that uh, I think the whole thing, I think the obviously the Martin versus Malcolm thing is something that superhero movies have been trying to emulate since X-Men. I think yeah. the problem with making one be the hero, one be the villain, although I'd argue that I think T'Challa is neither Martin, or, I don't think he's, I wouldn't say he's Malcolm, but uh, is that if the Mar- if the uh, Malcolm, excuse me, if the Malcolm character is the villain, then inherently you're kind of taking one side. So like, I think it would be much more interesting if there were two heroes was one who like i think that if you're ever do that allegory i think that both of them have to be somewhat good guys at least and so yeah. i think that because like if if killmonger ends up getting killed at the end of the movie the movie's then endorsed in you know endorsing the other point of view which i don't think it wants to do which is why i think he goes beyond a step beyond what's a reasonable political stance you know yeah definitely um i i uh, and i think that there's a chance to explore that again maybe with uh with the x-men mm-hmm. coming up with uh um, mm-hmm. You know, Magneto and Professor X. If if Magneto ends up being a good guy, if they show him as a good guy before he turns evil, I think that that could definitely yeah. happen. Um, and I and I'll also exactly. say last time I listened to the last podcast and you were saying that T'Challa's uh, sort of quiet fortitude is uh, is not great for him as a character, but helps out the other characters. And I would agree that it helps out the other characters, but I don't know. I think that I think that for him as a character. It, it, it does sort of make him a really interesting, compelling character because, especially because it's so different from everybody else in the MCU who's like really quippy. That's fair. Um, and I think it really works for like, as like this king. And I don't know, I, I think that's one of the things I really like the most about him. And mm-hmm. it's one of the things that makes his character so compelling to me. So Actually, you know, you know what? Mm-hmm. I, you know what's funny about that? I, I agree because I, I just rewatched Black Panther last week and I thought... And it's funny that that speech um, that he makes in the mid credit scene is something that at the time you think it's just like a kind of, um, how do you say, uh, peppy good guy at the end kind of gives you uh, just a little something extra as as the credits roll. But in retrospect, watching it, there's a quiet confidence. And I, I do like the fact that they, they ended it um, as he reveals the whole, uh, we're going to reveal Wakanda, and then everybody's looking confused, like, what's this third world country have, have to offer? Does this, does they cut off, they cut him off at, with this, this little confident smile. And I think just something little like that is something that I re- appreciate from the storytelling aspect. Mm-hmm. So I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of potential for his character going forward to, to really oh, shine. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. All right. Uh, we can continue this conversation when we get to T'Challa. Uh, uh, the <laughs> oh next God, match is... Uh, no, no worries. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I mean, I, it, we are going to get to T'Challa, but I'm kidding that I'm mad at it. Uh, the next is Black Widow versus Spider-Man. Spider-Man predictably uh, pulled away with it. Um, I think Spider-Man has a lot of momentum, and, I mean, he's the one team you don't want to play, you know? Mm-hmm. Spider-Man's yeah. a tournament favorite. Um, I say, I'd say beyond. I feel like Spider-Man and Thor 
and Thanos are like the three people that I'm looking at as the, as the three people who can win oh, this tournament. Oh, really? uh, no, I would say that Tony Stark. Yeah, I'm Tony Stark all the way, definitely. Okay. I okay. said Doctor Strange in the last one, but I, I sort of just said that because he's my favorite. I, I do think Tony's going to go away with it. Yeah, it should be interesting. But yeah, shout out to Black, shout out to Black Widow. Um, you know, she yep. put t- put together a decent run, but she mm-hmm. went up against the juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh, the next one is uh, the Hulk versus Rocket Raccoon. This one was very close for a lot mm-hmm. of it. It went, it went back and forth a couple times. Uh, I actually want to play Spring Thor's message first because before we talk, because I think it's very very funny, and uh, I think it will, is a good table setter for what we're going to talk about. Um, Hulk versus Rocket Raccoon. <sighs> I was about to be real mad about this if Daddy Hulk had lost out to. Bullshit Rocket Raccoon. Um, so that's one man's perspective. How did you guys feel about this match? I'll let you take this one. Uh, you know, I it's it's a really close one for me. The thing is, I, I love the Hulk and I love Bruce Banner. Um, and I think that, you know, Thor Ragnarok, I think, was when they were at their best. I love the Hulk and Bruce Banner being separate personalities uh, and sort of seeing them rub against each other, seeing how they're different. I think that is, like, extremely interesting. Um, and so going into Avengers Endgame, I know there's a lot of critiques about how that happened so fast and we didn't get to see it happen, and I totally agree. But mm-hmm. I think even if we did, I mean, I would like to see that, you know, a few more years down the road. I think there was a lot, because yeah, they yeah. only just separated, like, that clearly in yeah. Thor Ragnarok. We only just got to see that dynamic. So that kind of brought Hulk down for me, but I still, mm-hmm. I still went for Hulk because... I think that overall Hulk is just so, and and he's got Banner too, and I like for like in the Avengers when Banner's like meeting up with all of them, and I think, I mean, I think he's just so Mark Ruffalo like acts the heck out of that one, yeah. and I, I I mean he's just such an interesting like little kind of nervous guy, and I I mean honestly I'm voting for Banner in this one, and Rocket Raccoon is my favorite yeah. Guardian, so for for perspective that's I really yeah. do love Banner. Uh, I it- just want to say I just want to. I'm gonna say quickly shout out to Rocket Raccoon for a great run in the tournament. Uh, he he deserved uh-huh. to get to this point. Uh, nice. He's a really really good character. Um, to Malik's point, uh, probably uh, probably the my favorite Guardian too. I would say um, he's just just an awesome character. But nonetheless, the the Hulk thing is always an interesting conversation because I do feel like there's there's some stuff left on the table. Um, mm-hmm. with, with the Hulk is, uh, in terms of his, uh, not only what's happened recently, but I think, you know, in the future, we may get something better from the character um, with some of these new stories mm-hmm. that they're going to be telling. But um, it's funny. I've been saying all along, I don't didn't think the Hulk was going to get out of his bracket, but look, he's just one match away from getting out. And I think he has a good shot at it. I, th- I still think people still look at at Bruce Banner and the Hulk and their characters, and still there's just there's just a general love for for the, for the dude who smashes things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that uh, at least for me, like I like Malik was saying, I think that Banner is great. I think that um, I go back and forth between Mark Ruffalo and Robert Downey Jr. being having the best performances in the series. Um, I would say that the, my two the two best performances in the MCU are probably uh mark ruffalo and avengers and robert downey jr in on one of civil war infinity war Endgame, game one of those three pick yeah. uh but anyway 
Um, so yeah, I think that that's why the Hulk has a lot of momentum. And I think, cause you know, the reason why I made the top four seats, like the four main Avengers is for a reason, you know, like, I think that there's just a lot of, uh, love for the big four. Um, so anytime any of them wins, I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Agreed. Yeah. And also shout out really quickly for Rocket Raccoon. Uh, he's mm. hilarious, but I think his sort of like the emotional side of him is like really compelling to me. Like I, 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 you know, the whole yeah. the lab thing and his insecurities. And I've heard there's like rumors mm. that uh, that that's definitely going to be explored in the next Guardians movie. And yeah. that's another one of the reasons why I love that character is because that shines out in small moments and they're mm-hmm. also believable. It's not like too, you know, it's a kind of a easy way to mess that up. Just kind of like throw in the oh, mm-hmm. but he's actually insecure. But I but I I'm, I believe it, you know, mm-hmm. very good point. Yeah, I think that honestly, the thing I always say about it is I think it's really impressive that Bradley Cooper, Bradley Cooper's voice performance, because totally. he doesn't need to do a voice, like he could just be Bradley Cooper, and the fact that he actually like has a he has made a full character, I think really helps that it doesn't just sound like like even though it's still a human voice, obviously it doesn't just sound like a human voice coming out of Raccoon, if you know what I mean. Like it feels fully integrated with the character Definitely. in a way that I think is why it doesn't feel hacky, hacky when he's emotional. It doesn't feel like wait, so they're having a guy cry and the crying's coming out of a raccoon's mouth. It's like no, this is Rack <laughs> Raccoon. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Well, okay, sorry. I'll also say really quickly. Sorry, I no problem. So much. You can edit me out. Um, this but, is a podcast. Yeah, but but uh, the other thing I got to shout out is is uh, in Infinity War, the scene with Thor again, like when Rocket's like, "All right, time to play captain." And I think that scene is so like funny and also just like it really like I don't know, not humanizes, but whatever eyes Rocket, like his his sort mm-hmm. of reactions. Um, Very that's, good. That's, that's good real scene. bad. Like yes. just like not knowing what to say, just like. Really, really good. All right. The next match was between Ant-Man and the Winter Soldier. Ant-Man uh, snuck by the Winter Soldier to make it to the Elite Eight. Um, this one uh, was pretty close. I thought it would be close, and it ended up being close. And, you know, um, I'm pretty glad that the Winter Soldier's not in the tournament anymore. Never been a big fan. But uh, <laughs> it was it was close. What are you guys' thoughts? So I'll, I'll say on this one, uh, Skylang is – not only become but he is one of the more likable uh heroes in the mcu it's just it just screams hilarious um the ant-man movies kind of grow on you they're their own little thing and um just him on the screen with anybody uh is pretty funny overall and just kind of the the characters associated with with ant-man are great too so i I think Mm -hmm. that just that likability pushed ant-man towards the top and uh, winter soldier he's he's fine he's you know he's he's kind of just there and i think it's funny because it's like one of those things where the guy's the villain he has this really um physical uh fighting style that you see in, in winter soldier and then a little bit in civil war and then i think once he really turns good i think it kind of takes the compellingness out of the character so uh, mm-hmm. take that for what it's worth. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, um, Ant-Man is just a he's, a he's a really likable character. And I don't mean that in like a way to say that all he is is likable. But I think that he there's just a warmth to him that, that is all Paul Rudd bringing performance because yes. Ant-Man is such a blank slate because he is such a small character, pun intended, uh, that you just you see Paul Rudd is like oh I like this guy, you know. Um, and then with the Winter Soldier, I think that 
there definitely is a contingent of people who really like the Winter Soldier, um, and uh, they like him for reasons that I understand, but I can't relay without sounding rude, so I'm not <laughs> going to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. Before I Go. say anything, I'll say that I accidentally voted for the wrong person twice in this in this round, which is That's crazy. That's so funny. <laughs> um, the the first one I just misclicked. The second one was uh, that was uh, I accidentally voted for Black Widow over Spider Man. Uh, and then this one, I was on the phone and I looked at Winter Soldier and just for some reason thought about Captain America because the name of the movie and I clicked it and then I was like, wait, what just happened? Um, so that, I mean, I'm glad that Ant Man still won. Um, I'll say that. This sort of something that I've sort of thought about that I, I with my voting, I've sort of before coming on the podcast, I, I kind of like, like, you know, reckoned with why I vote the way I do. And I guess I have two things that I think are important. And one is likability. And I think that a lot of stuff falls into that, which is like, you know, powers, how funny they are, the acting, the actor, that kind of thing. And then there's also like arc. Right. And I think Ant-Man has great likability. And I, I love the character. But as far yeah. as arc, I mean, I, I think Ant-Man and the Wasp, I mean, for me, Ant-Man and the Wasp is at the very bottom of the MCU movies, the last one. And it will probably sit there for a long time. I think this late in the game, there's just no excuse for coming out with like, I mean, I think that in phase one, sure, you know, a lot of those movies kind of felt like maybe they were just there to kind of push the Avengers along. But at this point, like Ant-Man's too big of a character and the, I mean, well, too little of a character, but needs <laughs> so much more character development to his character. You know what I mean? Like, he needs too much character development for that movie to have not given that to him. You know what I mean? Uh, and it felt so much like just like setting up for Avengers. Huh, that's interesting. Wait, so hold on a second. What, so where would you put Thor in the Dark World? Just curious. Thor in the Dark World is, is down there. I mean, it's low. It's actually, when I rewatched it, I was surprised at how much I, um, I, I liked it more than I remembered, which isn't saying much because I thought I absolutely hated it. Uh, I actually have my, I just pulled my list up right here. Thor the Dark World is third to the bottom. Hulk is below that. And then Ant-Man 2 is the bottom. I, I, I think that Thor the Dark World has way more interesting stuff than Ant-Man 2. And, and again, it also came out so long ago that it's like, I think it has a bit more of an excuse. Whereas Ant-Man 2 is just, like I said, it's too late in the game for this stuff, I think. And I'm excited that they kind of feel the same way because it looks like the next movies are going to be, and, and, and projects are going to be more different and more compelling. But I mean, does it not just feel like a, like a, like this movie just kind of exists. Like it doesn't feel like. Does that not feel like that to you guys? Um, I think they uh, use not it. really. I mean, I guess what I would say is that I yeah. don't. I like the MCU's ability to have different scales of movies. I think that your critique of it, it not developing Ant Man as a character is an apt critique. I don't particularly mind that it exists just to be like a caper in the MCU because uh, I think that that's a welcome reprieve from... I think after Infinity War, that's exactly what I wanted. Um, for me, it's a perfectly mediocre, probably just below average, and I mean, just below halfway down my MCU tiers, but, I mean, I like it fine. Um, I'll watch if it's on cable. I don't hate it at all, so... I mean, I, like, the thing is, I don't feel strongly enough about it to give an ardent defense of it, so... Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably say the same thing. Oh, only The only reason why it, that kind of gave me some pause is, like... The, that Thor to the Dark World movie was pretty bad. Um, the Hulk, <laughs> the uh, the Hulk movie. You know, here's the thing about the Hulk movie. <sighs> yeah, there's some Norton stuff, and yeah, there's some uh, character stuff in general. Besides, uh, besides Ross and and actually the leader, the the guy who was supposed to be the leader, was pretty cool. Oh yeah, Tim um, Blake Nelson's great in that movie. 
that's yeah. that's a take I like to whip out whenever everyone talks about the Incredible Hulk because they're like, oh, Jake, you don't have anything to say about the Incredible Hulk that I haven't heard before. You're goddamn right, I do. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, but yeah, I don't think the I don't think Ant Man and the Wasp is is that bad. Also, I think they chose to use that to Jake's point as a as a palate cleanser and as a connector to kind of bridge the gap between Infinity War and uh, Endgame. I I hear you on that, and I just think it could have been that while also not having like an extremely generic it's like oh okay we got to save the mom and then we just do some stuff we go through some tribulations and then we just save the mom and i know that's like most superhero movies obviously yeah. but it just doesn't it, mm-hmm. i mean i get again i guess i guess i guess it has to do with like they could have done that and also developed the characters more and made you know and done something a little more different i guess with ant-man um yeah i think that, I, that gives I, a problem i, I wanted that out of the movie but yeah go ahead yeah. sorry I think that that's I know though I interrupt you, but that outlays a problem for Ant-Man as a character, which um, is that I think Ant-Man started off. Yes, Scott Lang. Yes, because Hank Pym has a lot to grow to do, uh, at least according to comic canon. But uh, Scott Lang just doesn't have a lot to go. Like he's already like a really good guy, which is fine. Which is also why like in that case, then I don't know if he needs as many for mo- of his own movies. But in the last word, I'll say this just because I want to get back to the bracket because we could relitigate all these movies all day. But I think that uh, the director, Peyton Reed, compared Ant-Man and the Wasp to a genre movie I really like, which is like the uh, ensemble crime caper, which obviously is like not – it's Ant-Man and the Wasp didn't reinvent the wheel in that genre. But when the MCU talks all the time about having different genres in the MCU, most of the time they're lying. Like Captain America the Winter Soldier is like somewhat of a spy thriller, but it's still mostly a superhero movie. Whereas like Ant-Man and the Wasp is probably feels like, you know, I can see where that's coming from. And I love those type of movies and those movies are generally pretty low stakes. Um, so I think it's, I think it just, uh, like, whereas I think that there are technical things with Thor The Dark World and like story things that are just like, ugh, I, that's why I wouldn't say it's worst movie. But yeah, I believe me, I think your complaints are well-founded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and again, I'll just throw in last, lastly, that I, I do think, I do agree with all that. And I, I, I guess my main thing is just that I wish they they could have done that and also and and it's not about stakes also like I'm down for low stakes yeah. too but they could have done mm-hmm. that stuff and also like you know just I don't know given something you know developed Ant Man more I guess and I'll also yeah I, yeah really quickly just that I think sure. he has a lot of potential coming back from mm-hmm. being a villain and and now as a, as a superhero like to all the things that he's dealt with and I just think it's a real waste that they haven't gone through it obviously that's gonna be fixed soon. Um, but I think he has the potential to be a really awesome character, but I don't see how he has all the fans mm-hmm. except for, you know, like you said, Jake, just because the internet likes white guys with long hair, uh, because he hasn't yes. done any of that. Who are sad, who are sad. Anyway, he shoots a gun and it's like, dude, this is, you're not a character. All right. I have a spring tips recording. Winter Soldier versus Ant-Man. Paul Rudd is daddy, uh, Seb- Sebastian Stan and Winter Soldier, not daddy because they're brooding like uh, Jake's been talking about. We don't like brooding. We like fun. Uh, I mostly kept that just because it reinforces my point. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I think that that's the thing. Like, I I just, uh, I think that they need to, I, I, I hope with Falcon and Winter Soldier, they find an angle with the Winter Soldier to get him to have some type of growth beyond just looking like if his two states are like somewhat like trying to make up for his past sins and shell shocked if those are his only two things he ever is i'm just not particularly interested in it because like when he's trying to make up for his old past deeds like that's 
a fun way to like you know have him fight but like at some point it's like one he kills a lot of people he really can't make up for his wrong deeds and two like i he doesn't seem like he's trying to uh reckon with his killings it seems more like he's just trying to like avenge for them which is like i know they're the Mm -hmm. avengers but like that's also not what makes interesting characters like i want to see him actually try to reckon with what it means that he was you know brainwashed and all that anyway you know, I, I totally agree. I think I think that that's that's sort of what I meant is like how he deals with that as a person, you know. Um, but I will. I mean, he did he did not have control. It's almost like you're kind of blaming him for it. Uh, oh, I'm I, not. I do, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not blaming for him. With it, but I don't. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, what I'm saying is, I think that he. I'm not blaming him for it, but uh, understandably, he blames himself for it. But like, we don't see any of that stuff going on. Like, yeah, it feels definitely. like. Either he's in the middle of a fight or he has like a glazed over look in his eyes. And Absolutely. it's like that that's not a character I want to spend a lot of time with. Anyway, Absolutely. Thor versus oh, Groot. There's so much there, and I'm excited yeah. to see what they do with it. It could be cool. Thor versus Groot. Uh Thor, the mighty Thor, uh struck down, used the lightning his lightning struck the tree that is Groot and took him out. Um I this was closer than I thought it was gonna be. Um but uh yeah, I mean, I think people love Groot. I, that's, I think that's really the reason why I was close. Uh, we are Groot, but Thor is a tournament favorite. So that's all I can say about that. Mm-hmm. Wait, you're saying this one was close? I'm looking at it. It looks like Thor won uh, 85%. Really? No, it's oh, 80, 86 it to 14%. But, you know, actually, well, why do you think it was even, close? No, that's even, it must have been I close early on then. Mm-hmm. It was a blowout. Strike what I say from the record. Strike what I said from the record. Uh, <laughs> stenographer, can you read that back? <laughs> See, I didn't say anything. Um, but yeah, so it was a blowout. Good. Uh, Groot's fine. But Thor's Thor. Um, any thoughts? Yeah, I think this one was pretty straightforward. Yeah. AC? Yeah, Thor's a tournament favorite. I expect him... I expect them to actually be in the finals, to be honest. Yeah. I think that that's not a crazy prediction. Uh, next up was Thanos versus T'Challa. Um, I want to first start off by reading a discussion uh, that was in the mentions for the MCU chat. I don't know if you guys saw this, but um, someone uh, at Mr. Ambition 14, I'm going to call him Mr. Stallion because that's his display name, responded to the tweet with, I voted for T'Challa knowing Thanos will win by a blowout. Why? And attaches the gif of uh, Okoye saying, Wakanda forever. <laughs> will Brown, Will Brown, at Blunt Cause I Care, a former guest voicemail lever, responds, Thanos is a black man. And so I think <sighs> I'm dying. I have thoughts about this. <sighs> yes, and I then, have and, this. and Jerome responds, you're going to need to break that down via voicemail, which he didn't do. Uh, and Mr. Stein responds to that with, how many black men you know retiring to a farm? That looked awfully like a plantation. <laughs> I was already laughing. But, <laughs> but, 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 Will Brown said what the funny thing I've seen on Twitter in a very long time, which he said, nah, bro, that was his version of going back to Africa, like Nas in Belly. Shout out to Belly. <laughs> Shit, Belly's a hood classic. Um, uh, yes, uh, it's yeah. Anyway, AC, what's your response to uh, <laughs> Thanos? Well, here's the thing. Like, this is why Will's Will's kind of bugging on on the whole Thanos as a black man thing. Because 
I'll tell you, most black men aren't going to have the kill the 50% of the population thing. It's just not a thing. It's just not yeah, a thing no, that we're never. trying to do out here. Like, never. it really isn't. Not. That's like, that's just kind of out. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't know who really it really is. Uh, you know, I'm going to leave that one for another story. I'm going to leave that up to interpretation. But No, Thanos is a white man, okay? He's white. Yeah. Let's get there that you. out of the way right now. I don't Go. care. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a white man. <laughs> As the uh, foremost uh, black expert on this call right now that Whoa! jumped in last minute. Wow. Uh, no, no. Wow. I got nothing to say. <laughs> What's up, everyone? I, I got finished a bit earlier, so I thought I'd jump in and say, "How's it? How you doing?" Jerome, how are you? How are you doing? What's up, man? I'm great. I'm great. Malik, I'm so glad you're live on with us. We don't need to have to like. You could just be unfiltered, not the edited <laughs> version that I received from yep. you, and then break down. <laughs> Dude, I'm so honored to be here. It is. It is a great time. <laughs> yeah. So, so we we're talking this. about. Uh, T'Challa versus Thanos. Obviously, the last one. So, if there's any mm-hmm. thoughts you have that are burning uh, about earlier ones, let me know. Um, I think all the right people got picked through, right? Like this one, this round more than any of the other ones felt like, okay, yeah. let's let's just get through to the finals or like get through further enough, like to the more interesting battles. I don't know that mm-hmm. anything on here. I mean, I mean, there were ranking upsets but in my opinion the lower ranked uh character that made it through was the one that deserved to make it through anyway otherwise mm, yeah. yeah no these are all the right calls good on everyone mm. uh, i'm actually yeah, so really that, excited to yeah. listen back to figure out this whole thanos is a black man thing because i i mean you came are, on I, I was just recapping the thread and then ac refuted it which i think is a fair response um like <laughs> yeah, i, I can't that part as for in the rare situation where I'm the lone representative for the White Coalition, I will let you know that thinking that the way to solve the world's problems is to kill half the people because people are star- – is that the way to stop people from starving is definitely a white idea. Um, mm-hmm. That's right. like every third – We should also every third, add a production note. Every third what, – what? Oh, sorry. What are you saying? Oh, I just want to say we should add a production note here um, that – before this black thread came on, we already determined on having two black people on this episode. It wasn't that suddenly we needed more expertise added at this point. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Um, but I will tell you that I feel like one in three 14 year olds, when they take like a social studies or economics class in freshman year of high school, when they learn about like the economics, like the Malthusian curve, is that what it were like, you know. Po- population grows less than food does they're like we've got to kill a lot of people then like Are that's we why about all the thanos is right uh people exactly out there after and that's Infinity what War? they grew up to be that's what they grew up to be but like infinity war is far from the first movie to have that as the plot line where mm-hmm. it's like you know and i think a lot of good movies have that as the plot line and i don't think it's but i think generally it's like oh come on man like really like you then you just make more food like that's obvious i know everyone says that but like that's you know yeah. i i because no, th- yes. i think that the people who want to kill half the people b- more than they want to save the world they want to kill half the people like that's just i mean come on yeah, it's, yeah in this case more than any other like when people make those arguments before it's within the controlled environment but when you have this thing that can do anything possible mm. <laughs> Like, suddenly the rules change. We don't have to be an economist to think, like, we can fix all the problems by making anything happen at this point. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and I think this sort of gets into why I, I actually, yeah. you know, I, I kind of said, you know, I voted for Valkyrie, but I, I, I do think Thanos deserved to make it where he is uh, against mm-hmm. all the matchups he's had so far. But I don't, I don't really want him, you know, you, you said before, maybe, maybe he would be the one who wins. I, I, I really hope that he doesn't get too much farther because I think that while he's a really, again, likability versus arc, likability, he's an amazing villain. He's strong. He's tough. He's scary. You know, he's everything that they need and a villain in that sense. But when it comes to arc and when it comes to like, you know, he doesn't, there's no, there's no real ideological battle going on with Thanos, you know? And I think that that, I still think the MCU hasn't had a really great villain in that sense. Uh, and I, 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 yeah, I don't see him as as great as, as everyone is saying, you know? Besides yeah. Alexander Pierce is the one that I would. Oh, put. he's great. He's great. And I think well, that no, I, I meant great. I meant great villain in the sense yeah. that both ideologically scary and also correct. A and scary. But the thing that I think that Alexander Pierce, why he's good, is because unlike Thanos, who has like a whose uh, viewpoint is like exclusively just the fodder of every person who wants to be a devil's advocate in their philosophy class in the world. <laughs> Alexander Pierce's political beliefs are like not that far removed from like actual, you know, US foreign policy, all that stuff. So like that's actually why it feels like an actual yeah. ideological, mm-hmm. you know. Well, yeah. Like yeah. I don't I think that the movie very clearly is like Alexander Pierce is wrong, but it doesn't feel when Thanos says we need people gonna starve, we don't kill half the population, you're kinda like you're an idiot. But when Alexander yeah, like, Pierce no says, you know, <laughs> well, like Alexander Pierce <laughs> says, like, should we drone strike a terrorist if we know that if we should, should, should we drone strike <laughs> a terrorist house if we know that that terrorist is going to blow up my niece's soccer game? That obviously right. is uh, a horrible hypothetical. And but, but it's also like 90 percent of U.S. foreign policy has been made with that in mind for the last like 20 years. So, like, I, I, that's why it's, it, it, it holds more water anyway. Um, also, Thanos saying, just did it cool. Right, right. Like, I don't think anyone's yeah. out here saying like he oh, had the yeah. right idea, but he was just so cool about it, and this so that's going to carry exactly. him for a while. I think it's gonna be really exciting. This is the Elite Eight. They're going to be uh, one match a day for four days. Nice. Uh, so make sure you guys tweet these out. Get people on your side. I'm tired of seeing people like, oh my god, I can't believe this person's going to lose. Go on their timeline. I don't see a single. Hey guys, vote for X person. You can turn the tide. If you need to, Jerome rigged the Hawkeye War Machine match. Anyway, yes, he did. Uh, so in the first match, the the finals of the Stark region are Tony Stark versus Doctor Stephen Strange. It's the Ooh. Infinity War pissing contest. Oh, it is. Yes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Come to real life. The Very war of the facial that hair that stopped being stylish in 2006. <laughs> All right. Uh, the final match of the Rogers region. He's Captain America versus Spider-Man. That could either be very close or very far. Uh, I'm really interested in seeing that. I think he does too, but I've been surprised before. Every time I've said that something was going to be close, it's been a blowout. So uh, One thing that we do have to factor in, if Springthorpe has his way, there's just no daddy in Spider-Man. That is true. No, 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 but we'll get to it. After I I go through these, I'm going to play Springthorpe's long – he has a long last clip that I think is some of his best work in terms of someone who's known him. For a while, in uh, the uh, finals for the Banner region is the Hulk versus Ant Man. It's exciting. AC, um, I don't think you're getting through. Hulk's making it past him. No oh, way. Oh yeah, I, I, so. I, I just I just I discussed this earlier. I think um I think people like the I I've underestimated the uh, the love for the Hulk. Fair enough. And I, then I the final in the. Yeah, I think he does too. 
the final in the Odinson region, which, by the way, some of you guys know, I really debated, because it was obvious to do Stark, Rogers, and Banner. I really debated, should I put the Thor region, or should I go Odinson like a dick? And I went, <laughs> yeah, I was a dick. I, I had to. It's like, All you know. for it. All for uh, it. It's Thor versus Thanos. Go so for that. These are the magic. Yeah. All right, so here is uh, Springthorpe's long clip about previewing the rest of it. I think this is great. We theoretically, I did post about this, we could have an otter, a twink, a daddy, and a himbo, okay? What that means is it would be Doctor Strange beating out Tony Stark, which is 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 not likely but not impossible. Uh, Spider-Man beating Captain America, which I think is probably how it's going to go. The Hulk beating Ant-Man, which I think that's going to be a pretty solid fight, but it could go either way. And then Thor beating Thanos, which would be really cool to see, especially because of the whole movie situation. Um, and so uh, uh, Doctor Strange is an otter. That's kind of like a hairy, hairier guy, but he's skinny. So he's not a bear, like the classic like big, hairy man, but he's skinny. So that's Doctor Strange. Um, mm -hmm. Then you've got Spider-Man. I mean – Tom Holland is the quintessential uh, twink. Um, that's a smaller, it's a small, skinny, oh hairless, um, younger-looking man. Then you've got uh, Daddy, which is Hulk. Now, granted, we could have Ant-Man or the Hulk. Both of them are still Daddy. So regardless of how it goes for that one, this one still works. But um, there are two different kinds of Daddies. I would say if we really wanted to make the difference, um, Ant-Man is Daddy, Hulk. Professor Hulk is Zaddy. Then we've got the himbo, which is Thor. That's a male bimbo, a himbo. So it's somebody who's really hot, but really dumb. But the himbo is also always really kind and good. How about that? So that's what we have to look forward to. Wow. Uh, if we have that as the finals. Um, I'll be honest with you, you know, yeah. I, I was unfamiliar with two of those terms, and I like to consider myself pretty woke. Me too. Um, so I hope that this was also a lesson in, uh, you know, uh, gay terminology, because I think that <laughs> what, I can, what I can tell you now is that that means that in, like, ten years, you'll see this in an Adam, those words used in an Adam Sandler comedy, because if they're still being used <laughs> now, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. But, but yeah, who do, you guys, who do you guys want to see? Who do you guys want to see in the Final Four? Um, definitely Spider-Man. Uh, uh, I'm a Stark, Spidey, Spidey guy. Hulk, Thor, which is like so boring, yeah. but that's yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. Those are legit yeah. matchups, though. Like Spidey versus Stark. <laughs> that's Ooh, that's, buddy. that's, that's Mitchell versus. Yes, uh, for Avengers. memes purposes. For meme purposes, that'd be perfect. Right, and I mean Hulk versus Thor is. Oh, that's we never perfect. really solved that. From Ragnarok, oh, yeah. right? Strongest yeah. Avenger. Oh yeah, yes. strongest <laughs> Avenger. <laughs> strongest <laughs> Avenger. Point Break. <laughs> yes. Shout out uh, to Point Break. Yeah, that that's oh, Point Break. Yeah, Both I, Hulk I, and the movie. Great movie. I think we've definitely got Stark, Spider-Man, Hulk, and Thor coming up, and um, that's a that's a that's a tough one. I think that. When it comes to who I want to see there, I think I, I think I gotta go with Stark. I think when it comes to my two things, like ability and arc, I think his is just the best. You know, I think, I mean, I, I like ability. It's almost I, unfair I to have Stark in the bracket, like in this at all. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is because I think he's just so perfect on both of them. Um, 
I, I think mm-hmm. that them setting up in Iron Man 3 and then in, um, well, not in Avengers 2, it was worse, but them setting up the whole, he's like a, obsessed with like this thing coming that's going to be super scary, you mm-hmm. know? I, it, it really worked for me when it paid off, when he's like, this is it. I mean, that mm-hmm. moment like makes Oh, his paranoia? Yeah. yeah, his paranoia, like just like he's got to protect everyone. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that was well done. That that not only pays off at the beginning of Infinity War when he's like, "This is it," and you know the whole "Tell me his name again." Like his whole demeanor there is just like you just really see Stark is like, "This is what he's been preparing for." Um, but then it comes. I think again in the end, it makes his death when when Pepper tells him like, "You know, you don't have to. You you can you can stop." You know, and right. and, and also the conversation earlier where she's like, "I could never get you to stop." Like it it just like. That's setting up. I mean, it just makes his arc so great. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, he's so funny, and the acting is so good. I will say really quickly, there's this scene in Avengers Infinity War where where Hulk's trying to change, and they're look, you know, and uh, he can't get <laughs> it up, and and start, and it's just this very small moment. I don't know if you guys uh, know what I'm talking about. When when Tony double takes at him, he looks at him, and then he looks back, and then he mm-hmm. looks again, and like that <laughs> small moment of acting is just so yeah. funny to me. That's like mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies and moments in the whole if... MCU. If Robert Downey Jr. never touched uh, cocaine or heroin, there's no doubt in my mind that he would have at least one Oscar and probably two. It is right. really – I've never seen him in anything where I'm not like, holy shit, this guy's doing stuff I've never seen anyone else do. And like in a lot of the, in, in a lot of the Avengers movies, there's scenes where you know he probably isn't you know at the highest energy level as anyone else, but like his like 60% – blows most people's 100% off the screen in a way yeah. that it's like it because the only way that he's LeBron James works, yeah he yeah, he's just working on a whole other level legitimize the franchise sure and i mm. see i agree that he's LeBron James the difference is he's like if LeBron James was like uh great it, he's like if Greg Oden after like 10 years of knee surgeries came back and was the yeah, best player in the yeah. NBA because he sure. wasn't a like, because he was so good when he was young. He was nominated for an Oscar in 1991 for Chaplin, which is rare for someone who's like in their 20s. And then he was like on drugs, 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 drugs. Got – was on Ally McBeal, was really beloved, was won a Golden Globe in one season and then left because of drugs, 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 drugs. And then he got back <laughs> in the movies and then like when he was the old – like John Favreau had to beg – Disney to let him be Iron Man because no one wanted to insure him because they all assumed that he would relapse. The so crazy like, thing is in the Disney all of that era, is like, Tony, shit. like he wouldn't get this role. Like if, if oh, we've gotten not. to this point right now where everything is just mm-hmm. so controlled, like back then there was a gamble yeah. that they're willing to yeah. put on. That's a good point, definitely. Um, I mean, and I think it's so fascinating. I didn't, I wasn't really fully aware of this. Um, f- until recently, but uh, I think it was after um, Iron Man. It was during the early stages of the MCU that they had a that Marvel Studios when they were going independent made a deal with I believe Merrill Lynch where like they would get an investment for the Phase One movies, and if they didn't make a certain amount of money on them, inc- especially Avengers, Merrill Lynch would just own the Marvel movie brand. Uh. And so nothing yeah, about that, I like, heard about thank that. you, Robert Downey Jr. Thanks, thanks, Bob Downey Jr. for uh, <laughs> the, being the one guy. Like, don't get me wrong, Marvel's still part of a conglomeration, but I can sleep a lot better at night knowing that Merrill Lynch doesn't own it. Um, <laughs> I don't know what movies we'd be getting. 
we'd be getting movies where the superheroes, uh, you know, they shoot people on the street from their uh, ivory towers. Um, so yeah, really great stuff. Uh, anyway, yeah, also, also, yeah, I think it's gonna be it's a great tournament. Also, a special mention for the scene in Endgame where he comes back and he talks to Cap and he's mad at him. I mean, that, again, that 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 acting. Oh my god, so good. Yeah. Uh, um, but I, but I think Thor is probably well. No, I think Spider Man is his favorite, is his best counter on likability because of how awesome Tom Holland portrays Spider Man. But I think Thor yeah. is his greatest challenge when it comes to arc because I also think Thor's, you know, losing every single person that's like close to him, like he, like in Infinity War, and mm-hmm. I mean that's like I think that that's like really sad and like it oh, really and, and like him going through like persevering through that and just mm-hmm. like. Yeah, and and I and that's why I think him Fat Thor and Endgame it works for me. It doesn't work as long as they do it. I mean, yeah, they still make it a joke the whole time, and I don't think that's as good. But you know, I, I see that. You know, I, I love Thor's arc, and unlike Starks, though, I think mm-hmm. it's not over though. And I think that's where no. Stark sort of has no. to. Mm-hmm. Well, I was saying on the last part, I'm so fucking fascinated by the next Thor. Anyway, sorry, keep, I yeah, yeah no, 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 I'm same. an old Um, I was saying on the last pod, like. We just have to treat the actual Thor trilogy as Ragnarok, Infinity War, and Endgame. And that is... Yes! Oh my god. Like, that's it. Like, just forget about those first two movies. And, like, that's the benefit of Tony Stark. Like, he's just developed over the entire course of this um, series. But if you give Thor those three movies as his story, it is one of the most fascinating, by far. Oh my god, yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. I didn't even think about it like that. That's That's an amazing point. Definitely. I just have one more thought. So I think, um, yeah. For, uh, like, not going to happen, but an Ant-Man-Thanos matchup would just be fun for all the theories of how (laughs) they originally thought they would defeat Thanos. (laughs) Of course. I love that that got popular enough that Paul Rudd was asked about it in a lot of interviews. (laughs) It's crazy. Um, And I'm sure Paul Rudd got tired of it. But at least of all I saw, he was at least in a good enough sport to laugh at it each time. Because it is funny enough to laugh at a couple times. Uh, <laughs> oh, when it first came out, it was just like, this is insane. Yeah, definitely. But great. Um, and just to set the record straight about some things that I said in my voice memos, okay. Uh, Doctor Strange <laughs> mm-hmm. is the Avenger whose movie Infinity War was. Like, obviously it was Thanos' movie, but... Right. Out of the oh, Avengers, okay. Fair, fair, fair. It's, 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 it's Doctor Strange, right? And the last mm-hmm. thing I'll say about my girl Valkyrie, okay, y'all are haters because you think that just because I'm in love with her, that that's the reason why I like her so much, okay, <laughs> but no, I've been thinking about it, and you guys were talking last time about, like, separating the actor from the performance, and I'm not really into that, like, I don't want to do that, I think that, I think that's that the actor, like, I think hilarious. Idris Elba is why Heimdall is great, in my opinion, and I, I'm not ashamed yeah. of that, like, you know what I mean, and like, oh, 100. I, I, and 100%, I, I, think that, 100%. I think that the idea that Tessa Thompson's like in the MCU and it's like hilarious and it's like a really cool character that yeah. I want to see cross over with others is so exciting for the future. Mm-hmm. And I think that's mm-hmm. sort of, I guess that's mm-hmm. where it came from. I still don't know exactly why I like her character so much. All right, um, AC, if you have any final words, I feel like you got to go soon. So if you have any final <laughs> words, let me know. Uh, yes, I do. I do want to say that this tournament has been really, really, really fun so far. And, oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see the conclusion because now we're like heavy hitters, heavy hitters. Each matchup is heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. We got all the riffraff out of the way, so now we're we have some mm-hmm. uh, some uh, really really fun matchups. So I'm looking forward to that. All right, AC. Uh, 
Godspeed. Say hi to the king for me. Um, yes, we'll do. Weekend. All right, y'all be easy. All right, so I think this is a good time to wrap it up. Um, you know, this, like I said, this, like AC said, this tournament's been a lot of fun, um, and I look forward to doing more stuff like it uh, in the future, especially because it looks like we're not going to have a movie for a long time. Um, but yeah, so I've been uh, Jay Christie. You can follow me at the Jay Christie. Listen to the podcast I do with uh, Michael, the gay perspective, Springthorpe, called The Definitive <laughs> List. Um, uh, Malik, where can people find your stuff? You can find me at Malik J. Marshall on Twitter. Uh, I'll say again, thank you all so much for letting me on. I'm sorry that I'm such a huge ranter, but, you know, I think about these movies a lot, and this is, like, one of the only times I get to talk about it and make people listen to me. So, you know, I had to get my, my thoughts in there. <laughs> but, uh, I, I so hate this phrase so much. I hate this phrase, Malik, but you, this is a safe space for that. This is uh, – <laughs> um, Thank you. Yeah, Thank there's you. no judgment here about any MCU rant unless it's something about, like, you know, unless you, – know, you, you, you know what rant know, is not I okay. But, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Jerome, where, uh, where can people follow you? Uh, you can follow me at Black Dragon Roll, and uh, just to add on top, Malik, we listened to 20 minutes of you ranting on this, and then we invited you on. So that should say how much we value it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, All right, and you can follow the podcast. Follow the podcast at MCU Pod on Twitter. Uh, you can send us more voicemails for next week at mcupodcast at gmail dot com. And uh, please rate, review, subscribe, share this podcast with your friends. I know a lot of people are looking for content during this, you know, self-quarantine. And I know I guarantee you that you have a friend who's going through all the MC movies again. And uh, I can't guarantee you they're going to like this because, I mean, I, I know I'm not. I know at least I'm not a universal taste. But share this with them and, you know, I, get, you know, get spread the love you know uh, we're giving you content anyway uh share the tournament do everything you want to do uh fuck i fully should have stopped this like three seconds ago <laughs> well, um, for the guys, voice stay middle, safe i'll add one thing you like we're yeah. down to only so many characters and at this point like you may or may not have the strongest point because i think one thing that we had earlier was a lot of like very strong opinions that leaned one way or another mm-hmm. and it may or may not be the case now you don't have to send us voicemails about the bracket. If you have any kind of Marvel thought, any kind of movie thought that you want to send in, at this point, it's just fun to listen to and talk about on here. Just send whatever you like. Yes, and that's a little teaser. We might be doing stuff in the future where we also ask for voicemails. I mean, that's... I mean, we've had some success with it so far. I mean, why would we... uh, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Uh, Guys, stay safe. Have a good week, weekend. Uh... You know, um, and this is a reminder, a uh, lesson I learned the hard way. Just because you're working from home doesn't mean that working from ho- hungover doesn't suck. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>